We're recording. We are recording. Yeah. What's up? Oh, nothing. (laughs) Hopefully people listening have a little bit more exciting lives than we do right now. (laughs) All the files. But hey, it's Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast. I'm Clayton Abbott. And I'm Kitsy Duncan. And we're a paranormal podcast where we talk about creepy shit we find on the internet. Sometimes creepy, sometimes magical, sometimes cryptid, crypto, if you will. I heard that word the other day and decided I was going to steal it. I have no idea where I heard it. Sometimes otherworldly. Other and that's who we are. How you doing? You listening <laughs> in your car right now. Is life good? Because I sure hope it is. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the look Clay just gave me like, you lost your damn mind. <laughs> I'm officially 49 years old as of this week. So yeah, it's Alzheimer's. Happy birthday. Thank you. Everyone tell her happy birthday. Go to your your Twitter, your Facebook, everything right now and tell her happy belated. <laughs> Even if you're listening to this six months from now. <laughs> Please do. That way we know when we're getting new listeners. Right. Um, so funny thing, I had the family over last night, we did cake and my grandson, he's three, he hates the song. Happy birthday. He hates to hear people sing what? it for his birthday. He just blew out a candle. That was it. We didn't sing it cause he gets all bashful. And I mean, Whoa. I understand it's yeah, yeah. kind of terrifying. So I told his mom, my daughter-in-law, Mary, uh, fellow murderino, I'm like, so Maybe I'll just have Alexa sing happy birthday. Nope, he didn't like that either. No way. He hated it. So Wait, yeah. speaking of Mary. And Murderino. And Murderino. Oh my gosh. So I love her so much. I'm going to take two steps back. So just so you guys know, every week our stories sometimes have visual references. And DJ Jimmy puts together this great Instagram story. So... When you go to Instagram and you can see the archives, it'll say like episode 25, 26, blah, blah, blah. You can watch along there. And this has to be in it. And I will text Mary and have her send me the one that she posted on her story. So Kitsy requested this specific cake. Because Mary is an Mary, excellent baker. And she made, was it for Abe's birthday? Oh, the dinosaur yeah. cake. And it looked amazing. So Kitsy requests this, my favorite murder themed cake yeah it had like some blood drippage and it said stay sexy and don't get murdered right um and so mary took a swing at it she did she gave it her all uh, because it was just a picture i sent her not instructions on how to actually do it and (laughs) i have to bring up my phone i know i'm getting ready to read some texts that happened between my daughter-in-law my son my husband and myself about this i was dying so she sends the picture of the cake, and automatically, I have guilt. The the finished cake oh, she did. Oh, no. Wait. Show DJ Jimmy the original. It's okay. literally an episode of Nailed It. No, that's what she said last night. This is the original cake. Okay. It's adorable. I'm like, oh, my God. that's It'll be Instagram fodder. It'll be adorable. Because Mary is amazing. Yeah. And then she sends her cake. <laughs> 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 Which and, is, in all honesty, more like 
more terrifying. <laughs> exactly. It looks more authentic. It does. And so she had a problem with the blood. She, yeah. I mean, like I said, I just sent her a photo. There weren't instructions on how to do it. So she goes Googling because that's what she does. She, she sees something and she figures out how to do it. And it's absolutely amazing. And she, she sends me a picture of this cake that go to our Instagram at Oddity Files. Check our stories or highlights. She says, oh, my God, it's so bad. I can't stop laughing at it. <laughs> so my son sends a, a gif of Charles Barkley. It just says, terrible. <laughs> and my son goes, it looks like the cake got murdered. And I respond, because she's one of my children at this point. I'm like, it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> Zach sends me the the uh, gif of Elf. It says, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> But Mary, I loved it so freaking much. It was the most delicious cake ever, though. I will put that out there. Oh, so sweet of her. It was so much fun. And she put up the Instagram story. It was adorable. She's all like, so my mother-in-law asked me to do this, 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 and this. And, you know, if you need me to decorate a cake for you, I'm real cheap. Right. (laughs) And then she posts the before and after picture. So funny. Loved it. Anything spooky going on in your life? No, just retrograde shit. You know, just, the patio builder showed up today without any communication telling me he was going to be here. So if you hear saws or pounding in the background of this podcast, it's my patio, dude. Gosh. We actually just got back from a wedding we were out in Vegas for. And there were a couple times that we just looked at each other and were like, solar flares. Literally. Like, retrograding planets. Yep. And then on the 16th, it was... A full moon and lunar eclipse. All the planetary, all, all the zodiac weirdness. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so one of my friends, she's like really, like really, really into all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like more so. Remember that account that I sent you not too long ago? Yes. Like that was one that she always is reposting. But she shared something that really made me think. So it's just a picture of the moon, and it said, "I control the tides." You're 70% water. How do you not think I don't affect you? Oh, exactly. And it's like, whoa, I've never thought about that. So along those lines, when I was pregnant with my twins, it's Carter and Cassie, um, I went into labor very early. Sure. Um, and I was talking to the nurses one time. I guess it was a full moon. But I guess when the full moon hits, water breaks like crazy because it's the water right. and the moon and it just it I'd, does really control you. I never even thought just like that just never occurred to me. Oh, <laughs> you know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. You just don't think about that. You don't. You really don't. But I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's um life shit. However, so while we were there, there's this like little I'm not gonna call it a river. It's like an overgrown stream okay. that like flows through Zion. Sure. That you can like get on inner tubes and more or less lazy river down. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. That's yeah. my speed of hiking. But there are some points that it turns to more or less rapids. Oh, maybe not. That's a little like we fell off our tubes every now and then. It was like unacceptable. So here we are. We're going down. It's just a normal day. And DJ Jimmy gets like turned around backwards mm-hmm. right before one of the rapids. Oh, shit. So he goes down, falls off. Here comes my fat ass. Just <laughs> stop. Literally, and I'm like, I can't stop, I can't stop. <laughs> and so he's like trying oh, to get stop. up, and I'm like taking him out. Um, he didn't fall because he's like out of the way, but I was definitely like running into him. 
So I get down a little bit and he, I hear him say like, I hit my head and I was like, oh, great. Oh no. So he starts like walking down the side of the brook Mm -hmm. and as I get closer, he has blood running down the (gasps) side of his neck. And I was like, are you okay? Oh no. I was like, what has happened? So I go like start looking at it and it didn't look like a gash or it just looked like. Head wounds just fucking bleed. And so since we never do anything outdoorsy without our first aid kit, I was like. Oh, look at you guys. Perfect. We, what, you remember the incident in Denver where we came upon the fallen hiker or climber and we didn't have anything. So that was the last time that was going to happen. Oh, super smart. Look at the goods you do. So we started getting stuff and there's like a little syringe in there, like rinse, like clean out wounds. Yeah. I like filled it up with some bottled water, rinsed it, and as soon as I rinsed it, I it just opened, <gasps> and I literally see it inside of his head, and Let I was like, see. "Oh, great!" So well, hold on, we'll get there. Okay. So then, I w- there was literally a sign right next to us. It's like medical clinic, and I was like, "Perfect!" So oh, I run in the in a state park. Yeah, oh. the lobby of like the place we were next to, and I was like, "Hey, how far up the road is that?" And she's like, "It's closed today." Of course it is. The closest medical facility was 40 minutes away. Oh, fuck. And so we were like... So you just stitched him up right then and there? Oh, no. We <laughs> ditched our tubes, hop in the car, drive down there, ends up having to get three staples. No! James! Oh, honey. It's fine now. But he said it never really hurt. And she, the doctor was like... It's not that bad. Like, we probably could get away with, like, letting it glue or, like, just doing the skin glue. Yeah, but with but the hair. So now you're Frankenstein. Literally <laughs> what I said. But we also blamed solar flares and mercury. A million percent. <laughs> a million percent. Well, I'm glad you're better. Had I known, I would have gotten you, like, a get wobble. No, I would have forgotten. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Thanks. Oh. I know, but I was just like, Did you oh, freak out no. at all? Not really, because I didn't know how he was going to react to, like, his head being open. So I just went over to our other friends and I, who were standing separate. And I was like, so we're definitely going to need to go somewhere. <laughs> and, like, and they're like, really? And I was like, yeah. Um, but I don't want to like, freak him out because I don't know how he's going to act. <laughs> then I walked back over and I was like, I think we're going to need to go somewhere. <laughs> uh, well, thank God you survived the rapids. Literally so the rapids. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine if we like asked them what the rating of that brook was? <laughs> it's a two. <laughs> no. But I mean, we all came out with some wounds. I have like bruises all over me, a scrape this down my why shoulder I don't blade. do or- outdoorsy stuff. <laughs> I just fall off of shit in my backyard. Well, your daughter was going to come with us, but she was like, we went Thank right after the ceremony. God. We went right after the ceremony, and she was like, I have to back this stuff up immediately, otherwise I freak out. Good. So she's like... I trained her well. <laughs> I'm going to back this stuff up, and then I'll text you to see where you guys are at to join up. We're like, okay, perfect. <laughs> I text her. I was like, um, we're going to have to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was so jealous of your Insta snaps, Cassie taking videos of you and, oh, yeah. and all that good stuff. So I'm glad you guys had a good time, though. It was. It was beautiful. But speaking of out west, and I know we touched on it last it's week. It's insane, Clayton. It's insane. I have well, a theory, but you go ahead Now, first. like, the military is getting involved. And if you oh. guys are not sure what we're talking about, we're talking about the Storm Area 51, quote, unquote, joke event, Facebook event, that yeah. over a million people now say they're attending. 
so much that the Air Force had, they put out a statement that said any attempt to illegally access military installations or military training areas is very dangerous. Well, duh. And that's my theory. Maybe it's survival of the fittest. Maybe all the dumb people that actually show up and try to storm, they die. So it's it's kind of clearing out humanity. I don't know. People are going to show up. They're going to show up, but I don't think, I don't they're, think gonna they're gonna storm. Oh, absolutely not. They're not that dumb. Oh, but, well, have you met people? But <laughs> I bet people are going to show up somewhere. Oh, like a, a mutual friend of ours posted on Facebook, Juliet. She's like, I just want to go and watch. Right. I could, I, I, I'm down. I just want to watch from like a Airbnb up in the mountains and just like some binoculars. Right. That sounds like a good time. Also, a different little paranormal in the news, kind of just like an update. You know, mountain monsters that used to be on yeah. Destination America? Did you see that they're going to the Travel Channel? Of course they are. As if the Travel Channel could not take any more of our thunder. Now I'm... they're going for the cryptid stuff too. Of course. Of course. I don't know. So, Travel Channel, call me. Just Travel Channel, I'm hit confused. Me up. <laughs> Literally. First, I thought they were just going for the ghostly haunted stuff because every other thing on their, yes. on the Travel Channel is now that. Yes. But now they're taking that over. Even they've taken my mysteries at the museum, which was a little bit of everything. Right. And now they've reworked it. So, it's all pretty much paranormal yeah. i mean mysteries at the museum was like my like going to school for me it was like you know 10 minute clips of shit that happened in history and it right. was magical um but that's even all which i don't get me wrong i love it oh, and absolutely. i still watch it but still i want to know about amelia Earhart and that kind of stuff right <laughs> crazy but insane here we are yeah so what was the old Samantha Brown travel channel show. She'd like passport to Europe, passport to Latin America, passport to China. I loved those shows. Like Bridget Marquand, who used to be on the Girls Next Door flashback three or four episodes ago. I talked about my obsession with that. She now has a, a paranormal podcast, but she used to do beaches across the the world with bit with Bridget and I used to love to watch that too. But now we can only watch ghost stuff. I didn't like the food stuff on Travel Channel back in the day. There's though. a food network. I know. Exactly. You mean like Anthony Bourdain and all those? I never watched Where that they one. Just but like... I did love Man versus Food, not gonna lie. Right. That was a great <laughs> show. <laughs> but I mean Travel Channel, anything you do that involves travel works on right. there. So maybe we can go hang out with the monster guys and and they can teach us how to search for big feats. Big feats. I don't know. Hey, um, you guys, I wanted to thank you all for listening and sharing all our posts and and liking all our posts and just all the activity in the Facebook group. We are about to hit another really big number um, listen-wise. Yep. And the more you guys do that, the quicker we can get to that number and then tell you what that number is. <laughs> <laughs> but we're super stoked. And and I just, I usually end the show with thank you guys, but I figured I'd toss it in here in the middle, shake things up and just say, we really appreciate everything you guys are doing for us. And we're overwhelmed by your support. So thank you. 
And I know I already mentioned it a little bit, but all of our socials were on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's honestly the best way to communicate with us a lot of times because whether you have... We check them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Or if you just have like thoughts on not only the podcast, but the TV show as well, that's yeah. the best place to let us know. We love hearing your feedback. If you are only listening on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you rate, subscribe, and review. Review. Yeah. I knew there was another one that wasn't like. Before but. you go, we have to get Hollis's stuff together. We yes, have to get that. Absolutely. I don't know how to print pictures on our printers. Oh, okay. So I yeah, need help no with that. Um, but Hollis did reach out via email and I forgot to respond to him as well. But Hollis, I will respond after this and we will get that out to you. Um, we also have a website that I've been keeping updated with all our appearances. Yeah. It's oddityfiles.com. Um, we've got season two, two seasons on Prime Video. Just search for Oddity Files and check it out if you haven't already. I'm currently editing season three. We're two of six episodes in edit-wise, but everything's been filmed. Yes. So very excited to get that up and going for you guys. And um, you, ne- you may have already seen it if you already follow our social, but in two weeks... Oddity Files is doing a little something different. We are. But the week prior, we should probably give a shout out to (laughs) Rally Galaxy Con. Clayton and I are going to be doing a live podcast there Thursday night. The Anyone know what that date is? 26? 25. 25th. Final answer. Oh, good call. Yeah. So July 25th at 8.30 p.m. at Rally Galaxy Con, Clayton and I are doing the live podcast. Yeah. Pretty stoked. Kind of just all of a sudden panicking because I haven't even thought about a story. <laughs> There's so, all the cryptid stuff down there. Oh, it's North Carolina. Absolutely. And then the following weekend, uh, Carter and I are going to yeah. be given a little sneak peek, which I need to get that thrown together as well, <laughs> um, at season three at Flashback Weekend in Chicago. And it will be Saturday, August. Is that right? Yes. Saturday, August 3rd at 3.30. It's almost August already. I know. Holy fuck balls. That's so scary. But if you're listening after any of those dates, you missed it. Yes. So you should go to our website, oddityfiles.com, and keep up to date on what's going on and where you can come see us. And we've got merch on there. I post the podcast with a link to the podcast up there. When we have any updates on the TV show, it goes up there as well. So definitely head on over to oddityfiles.com. We also want your stories. We want to do more of these odysodes. Yes. So send us an email with your personal paranormal experience, no matter what it is, whether it's ghosts or cryptids or aliens. Are you going to Area 51? We want your story. Facebook Live it. <laughs> Please do. Tag and we'll us. share it. <laughs> um, but send that info to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Yes. Speaking of stories, do you have any stories? I do. But I legitimately am not sure who goes first. Sometimes I know who goes first. I'm like, DJ Jamie, who goes first? But I honestly have no idea. Oh. There you go. Okay. So I was going to do something else. But when I asked DJ Jimmy what your category was, uh-huh. I changed my mind. So next week, you guys now know what genre of story I'm doing. <laughs> gotcha. But I was also like, okay, well, now I have two weeks worth of stories done. <laughs> Sweet. But I am doing... The Betty and Barney Hill 
abduction story. I love this story so So much. Crazy. So on September 19th, 1961, a reported event occurred on the back roads of New Hampshire that single-handedly rewrote what experts believed about UFOs. Up until this time, only a handful of reports of a similar of similar nature had surfaced. However, this was the first highly publicized abduction account filled with detailed information. It's magical. So their names were Betty and Barney Hill, and this is their full story. Goes a little something like goes a little this. something like this. <laughs> the Hills were a married couple living in Portsmouth, Portsmouth, probably I think it's Portsmouth, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, with their pet dog Delcy. Betty was a social worker with the state welfare agency, and Barney worked for the post office. They were respected members of their community as members of the NAACP and the Unitarian Church. In fact, the governor had actually appointed Barney to serve on the State Civil Rights Committee. After a short vacation to Niagara Falls, they were both, obviously they were both, they were together driving home on Highway 3 through the White Mountains. Betty sat in the passenger seat and was gazing out of the window when she noticed a bright light that she initially thought was a star. It seemed to be following them and was moving erratically. The couple had a brief conversation about about it. Barney initially assumed that it was just some aircraft that happened to be like landing or something because they were on like a 500-mile drive home. They were like kind of low on funds, so they weren't going to stop at a hotel, and they were just driving through the night. So they were tired, delirious, whatever. Yeah. It could be anything. It could be anything. But Betty suggested that they pulled over so they could get a better look. Barney stopped the car and got out his binoculars. Betty looked first. She knew it wasn't a star when she saw a spinning craft with an odd shape and flashing lights of different colors. Barney took his turn to look through through the binoculars. Although he had presumed it must just be an airplane, he saw it rapidly descend and move in their direction. Oh my goodness. It was far too quickly to be a plane. He rushed back to the car and continued to drive in the direction they were going. Betty watched the craft as it got closer and closer until it was right over them, forcing them to stop in the middle of the road. Barney did not know what they were looking at, but it was huge. And the crazy thing that I found, it was completely silent. I, that's how you Always. know. It's how you know. It hovered about 100 feet above them. He grabbed his pistol and the binoculars and went out to investigate. Barney saw windows across a pancake-shaped object. As he moved towards it, he saw something else that made him turn and run back to the car. Inside, there were up to 11 beings that did not look human. This is my favorite part. They were staring at him through the windows. Barney hysterically ran back to the car and drove away as fast as he could. But the hills were suddenly overcome by buzzing and tingling through their bodies. This was when things became very cloudy for them. When they regained full consciousness, they were once again experiencing the same tingling, but they were 35 miles further down the road without any memory of how they got there. Now, were they driving at that point? Yes. Okay. Whoa. Right. So when he saw the beings in the windows, he jumped in the car, started driving again. When the Hills arrived home around dawn, they both felt strange. No kidding. Yeah. They knew they had seen something, but they couldn't remember what happened after they felt the weird tingling sensation. Both Betty and, Marty and Barney had physical changes from the night before, including Betty's torn and stained dress, Barney's scraped shoes, and broken binocular strap. 
but neither of them had any memory of how this might have happened. Each of them also had a watch on, and after the previous night's event, neither of them were working. Oh, I hadn't heard that before. Yes. So attention quickly turned to the car. On the back of the vehicle, shiny circles in a like concentric nature were discovered. A hmm. compass placed near those circles indicated that the circles were magnetized. What? Crazy. So Betty goes to her sister, who strongly advised that she get in touch with the local Air Force base to report the incident. Right. So Barney was more concerned with being labeled an eccentric, but allowed, you know, Betty to go ahead and get in touch with him. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to let her go. Right. For the sake of the relationship. <laughs> At that time, so September 21st is when she made her first report. Five days later, Major Paul Henderson visited the Hills house Ooh. and completed an, like, an official inquiry or whatever right. they call Which goes to show report. it wasn't the Air Force. <laughs> right. A report written by the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, or the NICAP, concluded that the Air Force files had insufficient data on the events of that night. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Ten days after the encounter, Betty began to have vivid dreams about the strange event. Five nights in a row, her dreams contained small men in uniforms who forced the hills into a strange craft and subjected them to examinations. Well, that's the first time I've heard of clothed aliens. She wrote down her dreams in a journal. So Betty went to the library and found a book on UFO, UFO phenomenon written by former Marine Major Donald Kehoe, leader of NICAP. Well, and at that point, there probably wasn't a lot of right, books exactly. on that kind of thing. So this is where I'm like, go Betty. She just contacted him directly. Oh, I love this woman. Right. <laughs> she just gets shit done. Literally. And their investigations began about a month after the original incident. Both of the Hills were interviewed at length by NICAP officials. Betty and Barney both admitted to seeing the same thing, a large disc that was totally silent. The people that Barney said he saw were somehow not human. The couple did try to put the whole episode behind them, but because they were so affected in different ways, it was just... Confusing. Right. No, absolutely. Barney grew more and more stressed and anxious as time went on. Outsiders assumed that this was due to their interracial marriage, an uncommon occurrence during that time. Absolutely. Which, yeah, that was, I'm sure, played a huge part in everything. Yeah. Some criticized the pair based solely on their union. Of course. None of this helped either spouse, and things got so bad for Barney that he was forced to take off work to try and recover. Oh. Things were not much better for Betty. But she turned her attention toward trying to find as much as she could. Uh, just she was st so she was so stuck in this whole research thing. She right. was like, "I know this happened to me. I want to know what happened." I have to be able to understand exactly. it exactly. So Barney just goes and starts seeing a therapist. Their feelings that something had happened that they couldn't quite piece together was just like gnawing at them. I mean, I get it. Right. So a speaker at the Hills Church gave a talk about his poetry and Betty and Barney that Betty and Barney attended. Betty and Barney is hard to say a lot of times it together. Is. Hey, Morgan, wasn't it Betty and Barney and the Flintstones? It totally was. Go ahead. It was. That's hilarious. That's weird. The pastor was aware that Ben, the speaker that came to the church. Another B name. <laughs> dabbled in hypnotherapy and asked him about it. At the end of the talk, Betty and Barney asked Ben... It's like a, a 
a tongue a, twister. A, a warm up you would do like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> What was so, that? So Betty and Barney asked Ben if they thought hypnotherapy might be able to help them regain what they felt were lost memories. Right. I, I they're ready to try anything at right. this point. So they asked for his help, but he declined because he didn't feel that he was qualified and he instead recommended that they ask Barney's therapy or therapist for referral to a different hypnotherapist. It's a disaster. Well, I mean, at least the guy was upfront enough to say, you know, this might be a little out of my right. league and they got somebody but that But here's where things get like crazy. They take his advice and they find Dr. Simon. So Dr. Benjamin Benjamin Simon began Another working Another B name. <laughs> literally all the bends. Began working with the couple at the start of 1964. Over the course of around 6 months, he used hypnotic regression. During the first sessions, Dr. Simon concluded by inducing amnesia to each partner in order to reduce the possibility of potential collusion out of session. I didn't even know you could do that. Right. So if neither was able to remember what happened, then there was less such a chance of them discussing matters amongst themselves. Makes sense. Yeah. In his sessions, Barney had many new recollections, such as meeting an Irishman that had red hair. There were also beings that didn't seem to be human. All of the individuals were dressed in similar-looking uniforms. Each had a peaked cap and silver piping on the uniform itself that reminded Barney of Nazi uniforms. According to his own memories during hypnosis, Barney said the crew spoke a language he could not understand, but also spoke English. Go back to the Irishman for a second. Was it a leprechaun? Could have been. Okay. The crazy part about when they were speaking, he said they weren't using their mouths. Barney said they appeared to use thought transference. ESP. Right. How creepy. It's so terrifying. So Betty reports similar events during her session separately from her husband. Both revealed that they underwent medical exams during, which took numerous samples, including blood, bodily fluids, and hair. Betty also stated that as part of her exam, skin samples were taken. Mm. Much of what Betty had mentioned during her sessions were things that she had already written about in her journal from her dreams. Oh, so it was her dreams were just her remembering. Right. Was there an Irishman in Betty's? I'm sorry, I'm stuck on the leprechaun. <laughs> <Right>. Go ahead. <laughs> Something took place on board the craft that only Betty noted. She indicated that the alien showed her a map of where they came from, which she drew during one of her sessions. What? Some people believe this could be the location of the, quote, home world. Additionally, Betty had indicated that the being showed her trade routes that they frequently use, routes that they didn't take often, but just use for expeditions. Hmm. Betty's going crazy. No, well, but who don't knows? judge. Sometime around 1970, a teacher from Ohio made a match to the Zeta Reticuli star system. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. Sure. It looked just like the map Betty drew and also included uh, that also included our own sun. Some of the what? stars on the map weren't even cataloged until after the Betty and Barney incident, which for some people proves that her experience was genuine. Literally, so like, that's insane. It really is so crazy. The li- like the thing that she drew, and all this will be on our story as well, side by side with like the more present day that includes stars that weren't even cataloged. Oh my god, that is remarkable, unreal. So Carl Sagan provided another perspective on his show Cosmos. He said 
There is a resemblance between the two maps, but that's mainly because the lines corresponding to the navigation route have been copied from the hill map onto the real star map. If we were to substitute some other set of lines for the hills lines, we would find that the eye is suddenly biased against seeing any agreement in the two. Oh. But. Still. Like. Oh, what the fuck? They're identical, including like the two like larger suns or stars. It's insane. I'd never seen that before. That's nuts. Yeah. So once Dr. Simon completed all of his sessions, he presented the tapes to the local NICAP investigators. Having interviewed the pair shortly after the original event, NICAP officials were impressed by their honesty and intelligence. Both wanted nothing more than to get to the bottom of what happened. Right. Many people considered the Hills to be reliable, and even Dr. Simon believed that the Hills truly and sincerely believed what they reported. That it wasn't just some conspiracy they had put together. Right. For, like, fame and whatever. Yeah. Because they weren't, like, they weren't doing anything to try to get anything out of it. Right. And they weren't going out to tell the public. They were trying to do their own research internally. They just wanted to know what happened. Yeah. On the other hand, Dr. Simon never believed in UFOs or aliens at all. He was under the impression that the Hill shared a delusion based on Betty's dreams. Although he conducted the hypnosis sessions, he never swayed them in their testimonies. On the contrary, Ben Sweat heard the session tapes and indicated that Dr. Simon actually tried to suggest logical, rational explanations for their memories during the sessions, like but to no them avail. Out of it. Yes, hmm. because even though he did that, they stuck to their stories. Well, he does not seem like a, a very good guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> So towards the end of 1965, the Boston Herald managed to get an exclusive scoop when they somehow acquired reports of the original encounter. encounter. Someone had broken confidence, and October 25th was the first day of a five-day expose of Betty and Barney Hill's story. I bet the public went apeshit. Yes. So according to Sweat, Barney was upset about the leak, and and he called him in the middle of the night in a panic. Obviously, and he said that they were both, both Betty and Barney were afraid that they were going to be sco- scorned, ridiculed, and just like. Not only are they dealing with this interracial of. marriage when it's exactly. not accepted, now they've got this on top of everything. So now the couple is an absolute media sensation, and they had no choice. Like, yeah. once that went out, there was no turning back. They needed to break their own silence. Before this, neither of them made any ventures for public for publicity right. whatsoever. The Hills and Dr. Simon all collaborated with an author, John Fuller, to produce a book based on the experience. This book's called The Interrupted Journey, and it came out in 1966. Okay. So Betty's niece, Kathleen Marden, wrote a second book entitled It Captured, of the same story, obviously. Yeah. Both publications you can still get today. Audible.com. Audible.com. Code word, oddity files. <laughs> so we may never really know what happened to Betty and Barney Hill on that night, September 19th, 1961. The public is still to stay divided on its perception of the story between those who wholeheartedly believe what happened right. and those that think it was just completely made up. What is certain that despite their reluctance to come forward and report the encounter, the Hills have become synonymous in the whole UFO community. Their experience turned out to be still the most well-known of all UFO reports and would set stage for 
any that came after it. Oh, for sure. As the 60s progressed, Barney's health began to worsen. Mm. In February of 69, he passed away of a cerebral hemorrhage. <gasps> Betty never never remarried after his death and went on to became become something of a UFO celebrity until her death in 2004. So, the, I didn't know the cerebral hemorrhage. I th- I'm blaming the aliens. I'm not saying it was Absolutely aliens. Absolutely blaming But the it aliens. was aliens. And it was only, what, eight years? Yeah. Not so, even eight years after? Side note, I don't... It's been a long time since I've seen this, but I saw some show about mm-hmm. this thing. And the substance on her dress was... They tried to identify it on this show. Oh. And it was not of Earth. See? Yeah, they still had the dress. The substance yeah, was still on a, there. A picture of the dress and everything yeah. that you can look up. And like, it's not like there's a tear in a dress. There's just a missing chunk of fabric like, because they cut it out. Right. Yeah. For testing. So yeah, I I believe them. I the fact that he was so dead set against fame for this right. is always what's the opposite of a red flag? It's a white a what a whatever flag saying that. I'm going to believe it's them legit. more than right. somebody who rushes to the media and goes, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what I saw. Exactly. Well, and I so I had heard of it, but I didn't realize like all the hypnosis therapy that they oh, went yeah. through and all this stuff that, like we said, if that's not jarring and. They tried to debunk it themselves. Right. Exactly. It was, it's a beautiful story. I love it so much. So speaking of editing and working on season three, and I'm currently working on our Mitchell Opera House episode, which was really good. It was good. It was so good. Um, I'm going to do Most Haunted Theaters. And it's no rhyme or reason. I I just picked three that I found interesting. Um, Wait, before you start, we're going to insert the audio into the podcast from... Where I scared Chris, or where I scared Kitsy at the Mitchell Opera House. Like, sure, let's do that real quick. But I mean, you can call me Christina because that entire episode. You call me Christina. I do. Kitsy is a nickname for those who are listening sure. that just kind of stuck online. And um, and Clayton's terrible about when he gets scared, not giving two shits what her nickname is. <laughs> Even during interviews, you're like, and then Christina did this. And I was like, oh, that sounds weird, but it's true. <laughs> if you Just know in case everybody's I'm, wondering who Christina is, it's me. You know I'm actually like scared or nervous if I say Christina. <laughs> but it comes out, Christina. Yeah, really just like, <laughs> So I, I did struggle to come up with a story this week. So I was, like I said, I was editing that. And here we are. Inspiration. It was a super active evening at the Opera House. And I've been told over and over again that theaters are some of the most haunted types of location in the world. It's theaters and schools. I don't know why. Um, add the fact that I haven't done a compilation haunting story in a bit. So here we are with my list of some of the most haunted theaters in the world and places I'd also like to investigate. Yeah. And add y'all's theater backgrounds and we are good to go. Um, Believe it or not, I didn't know this. There's an old wives tale or superstition, if you will, that if a resident ghost is haunting a theater, it's supposed to bring the cast and crew good luck. I never knew that. I've heard of break a leg and all that other stuff. Theater people are so superstitious. I love it. 
Um, so maybe that's why many souls come back to haunt these places. Maybe it's just the fact that they, oh, just the fact that they brought these people so much joy in their worldly lives, or maybe because these places are so freaking gorgeous that they just never wanted to leave. The first on my sit list is Theatre Royale, Drury Lane in London. Ooh. Talk about fucking stunning. Okay. And goals. <laughs> exactly. Um, the most talked about spirit at Drury Lane is said to be the man in gray. He's been said to be an actor from the 1700s. And at one point, 70 people in 1939 all saw him at once. Whoa. 70 actors and crew members were up on stage taking a cast photo. Everyone was up on stage aside from the photographer. And the entire group saw this man out in the audience, walking amongst the seats. So now many people come to the location just to find the man in gray. That's what? insane. That is crazy. Next up, haunting the Drury, is a pantomime actor, Dan Leno. I think it's Leno, but I see Leno. He's reported to haunt the backstage area. He's said to be heard walking around backstage. So he is he pacing in expectation of his next performance for eternity? Or is he just there to bring actors good the good luck they deserve? I mean, would you be able to get an e- EVP from a mime? Do you think he's still in character? Mm. <laughs> I'm so funny. <laughs> <laughs> So Dan is joined in the backstage hauntings by the Lavender Lady. Investigators say that you know when she's around because you smell a strong scent of lavender wafting around the backstage area. And as if those weren't creepy enough, a world-famous clown also haunts the stage area. No way. Yep. His name was Joseph Grimaldi. He was known for putting his body through some pretty crazy stunts doing you know, clown, clown shit. shit. Exactly. <laughs> but he's said to hang out on the stage area. And if an actor isn't giving their performance 100%, he's known to kick them in the ass, literally, oh. and scare them into better performances. <laughs> I love that I'd guy. I'd be pissed. Well, yeah. But then they're like, oh, well, I guess I should give it my all. The last said to haunt the location is a murderer. Apparently, in the late 1700s, two men were fighting each other, and one put his cane through the eye socket of the other and cane? ended up killing the man. A cane. A cane. Oh, Or walking my. stick, whatever they were. Because, you know, I'm picturing top but hats. But still. And, yeah. Um, he's said to be seen in the early evenings, which was about the time that the fight broke out originally. I mean, this is how I see all Victorian British murders going down. How fucking classy. You know, you just stick your walking stick through some guy's eye socket. Eyeball. (laughs) I love it. If this weren't reason enough to want to investigate this location, just the utter beauty of this location is what will absolutely get me there next time we're in London. Okay, so next up is the Palace on Broadway. Built in 1903, the Palace is one of the oldest running theaters on Broadway. The spirits that hang out at the Palace are, there's just oodles of them, from the white gown cellist who still plays in the pit, who was actually seen during a performance of Beauty and the Beast by Andrea McCarty, McCardle, McCarty, um, who played Belle. There's also a sad little girl who's been seen watching below 
from the balcony, a man in a brown suit who's seen walking quickly past office doors like he's in a hurry, got to get some shit done, and a little boy seen playing with toy trucks outside the mezzanine area. That's so sad. I know. It's also said that Judy Garland herself haunts the theater, and her presence is felt near a door that was built especially for her at the rear of the orchestra. Okay, Judy. I know. I mean, she was the original diva, right? Um, However, not all ghosts are as mild-mannered. According to various stagehands, the ghost of an an acrobat acrobat and tightrope walker, Louis Borisolino, is said to haunt the palace. Different versions of the story suggest that he fell to his death during a performance. When the theater is empty, this ghost can be seen swinging from the rack rafters and it lets out a blood curdling scream then i i can't get words right now i'm burping into the microphone dj jimmy i'm so sorry my life is so hard right now (laughs) he lets out a blood curdling scream and then reenacts his nosedive over and over and over again Now, other sources have seen him walking a tightrope from house left box up to the mezzanine. I I knew you'd know what that meant. I have no idea. (laughs) Now, reports say that Lewis didn't actually die after the accident. So why is he this absolute horrible scene being played out again and again? Can you imagine how terrifying it would be to hear that blood-curdling scream in an otherwise quiet and calm location? Oh, my God. I would lose my shit. Think about if you were like, alone just like sweeping the floor yeah and then heard that and then you look up and you see this spectral figure falling from the ceiling no thanks nope i don't know i i I wonder if if it's just energy left over if he didn't die there you know maybe it was just so traumatic and so many people witnessed it it just kind of left an imprint there Well, and that's what how you mentioned like schools and theaters that's what i've always thought yeah is that just the amount of energy that's left over in those places from and especially theaters i mean schools you just get like traffic a lot of people walking just in and out of the doors constantly every day whereas theaters you have like legit energy like emotional energy physical energy exactly along with that like foot traffic that there has to be just ingrained in the walls yeah and like it soaks it up like a sponge but and then Number three, I put Boston University Theater. In the mid-1920s, Australian actor Henry Jewett established the Repertory Theater of Boston as a home for his acting troupe, the Henry Jewett Players. Not very original naming there, Henry. Within five years, the company went bankrupt and the theater became a movie house. Yeah, five years is nothing. Legend has it that an inconsolable Jewett who died in 1930 hanged himself under the stage. Uh, Yowza. His ghost continued to linger after the Huntington Theater Company took over the theater in the late 1980s. So appearing in the back row during rehearsals and messing with lighting cues and computers and everything is how Henry lives his afterlife, apparently. Classy guy. Yeah. And he's not the only one that haunts there. There's also the Sentry. A grainy guardian, I totally paste and cut that, who is known to appear in the green room. 
though some people suspect that he's just another one of Henry's spectral forms. I don't think so. Um, When a television crew came to the BU Theater in the late 1980s to film an episode about haunted theaters in America, the front doors were suddenly slammed and locked, supposedly by the sentry, who sought to protect his sacred space from the opportunistic invaders. I did not write that. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) But why doesn't that shit happen on our investigations? Ever. I know. Can you imagine if we were just like, do-do-do, investigating someplace, and then something like that happened? Or we see something jump from a a non-existent tightrope? Yeah. Yeah. One of these days. And let out a scream? (laughs) Can you imagine what the three of us would do? Oh, my God. We would pee ourselves a little. I'd be outside so fast. We we would just stare up for like three minutes and go, God, I hope they saw that. Okay, so many people have also reported sightings of the Lady in White, another apparition believed to be a former wardrobe mistress who tends to hang out at dress rehearsals to make sure everything is going right. A former staff member even heard a female voice whispered, I don't like it in the dark, after turning off the lights in an otherwise empty lower level lounge. Wow. It's got to suck to be a ghost and be afraid of the dark. Right. <laughs> Just putting that out there. So there you have it. See, I told you it was short. Three of the most haunted theaters in the world. And this is just a, the few I chose to write about. It's insane the amount of theaters that claim to be haunted. Superstition, like we had talked about, is a huge part of theater life. So, I mean, this could go either way for me. Maybe it's the actors hoping for spirits. But, I mean, we've investigated a couple theaters and every single one was haunted. So, a thing that in every theater I've ever worked in, because it's a pretty internationally known conspiracy, is the ghost light. Mm -hmm. And so, the superstition and there are various justifications for the ghost light in relation to the supernatural – But a popular theatrical superstition is that every theater, like you said, has a ghost. And some theaters have traditions to appease said ghost that reach far back into their history. And so how you mentioned the the Palace Theater, they actually keep two seats in their balcony permanently bolted open to provide seating for the theater ghost. And... So similar superstition is that ghost lights provide opportunities to for ghosts to perform on stage, thus appeasing them and preventing them from cursing the theater or sabotaging the set and production. Oh. There were a couple other superstitions, like oh, saying so break many. a leg and like I said. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so many of them. But I just knew the the ghost light was primarily because every every theater every has theater a ghost. At least that's yeah. The explanation that I had always heard behind it. You know what I forgot to mention, too, about the first location is it was originally, the original theater was built on that location in the 1600s. Gosh. And they rebuilt it in the 1700s. Unbelievable. So old. Everything's old in London. Everything. Um. So we've we've got to get Hollis's stuff out mm-hmm. to him. Um, we have a contest for you guys listening, and um, 
it's super easy. All you have to do is head to Apple Podcasts, write a quick review of us and rate us. We're not saying you have to make it a good review or rate us well, but we'd really appreciate it. And then once you do that, go ahead and do a screen grab of it and send it to us. And then you win some free stuff. Yeah. And we totally forgot to pick somebody last month. So I'm going to do that right now. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And randomly, we pick, oh, somebody who gave us five stars. Mama Dot Collins. Come on, Mama Collins. Mama Collins. The banter between Kitsy and Clayton draws you into wanting to listen more. The way they discuss their stories pulls you in and gives you chills, followed by laughters, sometimes with snorts. I think she just called me out. (laughs) (laughs) Best podcast in a long while. Way to go, Mama Collins. You win some free stuff. Thank you. Yes. So everybody else... Get those rates, reviews in there, screen grab it, send it to oddityfilescrew at gmail, and you can go in for the drawing next month. Next which month. Which is going to be here. Literally going to be here so soon. Yes. Speaking of sending us stuff at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com, we read listener stories, and this week I have one from Kermit. Oh, I love that name. It says, when I was about four or five years old, I lived on a farm in northern Bartholomew County. Each night when my parents were sitting in the living room watching TV, I would go into their bedroom adjacent to the living room, sit on the wooden floor so I could spin on my butt as fast as I could. I've been there, done that. (laughs) Suddenly, or one night, as they were watching television, I went in and did my butt spins. (laughs) Suddenly, something brought me to an immediate stop out of a full spin. What? I could not move. My arms and legs were dangling in the air. I could not see anything. But I sensed a presence that did not particularly like me. I begged and pleaded with it in my mind because I could not speak or scream for my parents. I promised I would never tell anyone, well, you just did, or spin on my butt or do whatever it asked if it let me go. Finally, I felt my limbs loosen, and when I could move again, I got up slowly, went into the living room, curled up next to my mother. She could tell I was afraid of something, but I don't know if I ever told her what happened. Oh, wow. Talk about otherworldly. Yeah. That's that's super super weird. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do the sit and spin. Did you guys have that when you were kids? It's a little thing. It's round and you pull. Oh, yeah. And you just spin and you throw up when you're done. (laughs) (laughs) You just puke. Yeah. Kermit, that story was insane. Thank you so much. Yes. I love that. I wonder what it was, who it was. No. This is why ring cameras should have been a thing a long time ago. Literally. Well, I guess we didn't have the internet back in the day. True. So <laughs> y'all did. But if you guys have something crazy that's happened to you, whether it's being stopped in the middle of butt spins or <laughs> abducted in New Hampshire, or have you been in a theater and seen something, email us, oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. And who knows? Maybe we'll read yours next week. Yeah. I think we should maybe do an episode at some point again. For sure. I love these listener stories I know. so much. It is so cool. You guys are amazing. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. Everyone. I got a tweet last night that um, Mistaken Singer, we met her in Seattle, that 
her her and her mom were watching Portals to Hell last night. I and she this. goes, oh, this is the one Kitsy said on the last podcast that she rocks. <laughs> I, <was laughs> like, I love that people are getting their moms listening and everything like that. But you guys are amazing. We appreciate the fuck out of you. Yes, and we are actively working on getting some more celeb interviews. Yes. So be on the lookout for those. Um, we just love producing this for you guys. And all the stories that just keep coming along that we had no idea were even a thing. Um, we love sharing it with you. So yes. thank you for letting us share. Yeah, absolutely. And reach out to us on all the socials. It's at Oddity Files. Also, our little exclusive Facebook group. Everybody's sharing all the great memes and all the great stories. I love it. It's amazing. So you just search for Oddity Files fan group and we'll add you. Just click request and... We'll just add You'll you. You'll be added. Yeah. Now, if you're an asshole, we'll delete you, but we add anybody. But, um, oh, I thought about this as well. Last week I said, weird is the new cool, and you said it's not new anymore. Orange is still the new black. So, hey, guys, weird <laughs> is the new cool. I guess you're not the weakest link anymore. Oh, thanks. <laughs> See ya. Bye.